Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones with Something Good Radio, wishing you a Merry Christmas. I'll be sharing today's Something Good Radio message in just a few moments. But before I do, I'd like to thank you for all you're doing to help share the gospel of Jesus Christ through this radio and internet broadcast. December is always a critical time for ministries like ours. The good news is, December is also a time when many people begin looking for answers that only God can give. And when they do, they listen more frequently to radio programs like Something Good. For that reason, and because we are 100% listener supported, I'm asking you to prayerfully consider sending a generous year-end gift by December 31st. And when you do, I am happy to send you a copy of my brand new book, The Jesus Way to Pray, An Intimate Journey Through the Lord's Prayer. Brian will have details at the end of today's message, or you can make your gift right now at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. From all of us here at Something Good Radio, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And may God bless you during the coming year. Have you ever been stuck in a rut? Are you stuck in one now? Hi, I'm Brian Davis, and today on Something Good, Dr. Ron Jones wants to help you get out. Sheep will often keep going back to the same grazing location until there's nothing left for them to eat. And even then, they'll keep going back. Sounds a bit like what we've all done from time to time, repeating the same mistakes over and over, even after the thrill was gone. But there is good news for anyone who has ever wandered away from God and gotten stuck in this kind of rut. Ron shares that good news next as we continue the best of 2023. Stay with us now or stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as the lead pastor, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, God Leads Us Along. Have you ever been stuck in a rut? Now, before you answer that question, let me caution you. This is not a time to look to the person to your left or right, your spouse, and say, boy, am I ever stuck in a rut. No, it's not time for that. Although, getting stuck in a rut might relate to your marriage in some way. Stuck in a rut is a phrase we use often to describe someone who is seemingly trapped in a routine that no longer contributes to their spiritual, physical, emotional, uh, even their uh, intellectual well-being. You get stuck in a rut. Generally, a pattern of life or a pattern of work or a personal behavior that never changes is unhealthy and leads to um, a state of unproductivity. You get stuck in a rut. Does any of that sound familiar? Are you stuck in a rut today? S. Parks Cadman famously said, the only difference between a rut and the grave is the depth. That'll make you think twice about the rut you may be stuck in. Now we're in this series uh, from Psalm 23. Psalm 23 and me, we've titled it, and and we have learned that uh, sheep are notorious 
wanderers. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. But sheep uh, also easily get stuck in a rut. If they uh, are not properly managed by their shepherd and they're left to kind of fend for themselves and struggle on their own, sheep will return to the same grazing location over and over and over again until there's nothing left for them to eat. And they'll carve a rut in the pathway. And even as they get to that once green pasture, they'll go to the same place over and over and over again until it doesn't produce the uh, lush vegetation that it once did. But a caring shepherd, a loving shepherd, a good shepherd will not let this happen to his sheep. Uh, Philip Keller, who's that uh, shepherd who once worked in South Africa and wrote about Psalm 23, observes, the single greatest safeguard which a shepherd has in handling his sheep is to keep them on the move. That is to say, they dare not be left on the same ground too long. They must be shifted from pasture to pasture periodically. This prevents overgrazing of the forage. It also prevents the rutting of trails and erosion of land from overuse. He says, in a word, there must be a predetermined plan of action, a deliberate planned rotation from one grazing ground to another in line with right and proper principles of sound management. And then he concludes, he says, this is precisely the sort of action and the idea David had in mind when he spoke of being led in paths of righteousness. We love this beloved Psalm 23, but there are vivid, uh, uh, poetic, and pastoral pictures behind it. And um, we can learn from that. It could be said that all we like sheep develop mundane, even sinful habits that we cling to daily. We get stuck in unholy and ungodly ruts, do we not? But how and why does this happen? What's going on in us that keeps us returning to that same besetting sin over and over and over again? Well, neuroscientists observe that our brains develop habitual electrical patterns or ruts based on past experiences. What we allow our minds to think about repeatedly contributes to these well-worn neuropathways. Maybe you've heard the phrase, you are what you eat. Well, that's true, perhaps nutritionally, but neurologically, we become what we think. Let me say that again. We become what we think. And long before science figured this out, the Bible said in Proverbs 23 and verse 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. We become what we think. Now, none of this surprises our creator who tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Don't let the world pour you into its mold and into a rut, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. So thinking God's thoughts daily always keeps us out of a rut. And we'll come back to that a little bit later. But for now, let's return to Psalm 23, where we've been learning how to live the good life with the good shepherd. And verse 3 says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. 
We might say he leads me in the right ruts for his own namesake. Now let's take a closer look at this. Uh, the first thing I notice is that the phrase, he leads me, appears twice in Psalm 23. Now, Psalm 23 is only six verses, so anything that repeats itself is worth a second look and a third look and a fourth look. Uh, he leads me beside still waters. We learned that uh, just a little bit ago. And now he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. We could also go back to John chapter 10, where Jesus declared, I am the door of the sheep and I am the good shepherd. He said in verse 3, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So uh, taken together, these words and these phrases about our good shepherd leading us, leaves us with the firm impression uh, that our good shepherd is all about assuming the leadership of our lives. Make no mistake about that. He's the leader. And thus our response as the sheep of his pasture is to follow the leader. Remember learning that game when you were in grade school, follow the leader? Well, we need to get back to learning how to follow the leader. Choose to be his disciple. Because following the good shepherd is the best way for us to form healthy habits or the right ruts in our lives. He will always lead us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. So follow the leader. Now the words follow me frequently fell from the lips of Jesus, especially when he was calling his 12 disciples. You remember when he said to Peter and others, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, followership is what we need to learn as the sheep of his pasture, as opposed to, say, leadership. He's the leader. We need to follow. And yet, to be quite honest with you, for 30-plus years in my ministry, I can't tell you the number of leadership conferences I've been invited to, and not one followership conference. I'm looking for somebody to invite me to a followership conference. But no, we've been all about leadership. And yeah, we need good leaders in the church today and in other you know, parts of our society. But the best leader in the body of Christ is a good follower first of Jesus Christ. Even the discipleship conferences that I read about and get invitations to, uh, to be a part of, uh, they're, they're mostly about leaders, pastors, becoming good you know, disciple makers. Not about being a good disciple. Not about being a good follower of Jesus. How are you doing following Jesus' lead? If the painful truth were known, most of us are good at following our own leadership. Let's just be honest about it. In fact, Philip Keller uh, sort of took the sharp edge and you know, jabbed us a little bit when he wrote, There are many willful, wayward, indifferent, self-interested Christians who cannot really be classified as followers of Jesus. There are relatively few diligent disciples who forsake all to follow the master. Let's remember, he leads us beside still waters. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He assumes the leadership. He has every expectation of assuming the leadership and lordship in our lives. And if we're going to benefit from the leadership of our good shepherd, we need to follow his lead. Now, I jotted down this week this, this idea that just came to my mind. 
that um, it's worth noting that our good shepherd is willing to lead us. Aren't you grateful that he is? Aren't you grateful that he doesn't say, you know, I, I, I got a busy universe to run. I don't have time for these little sheep down here. No, he's willing to step up and lead us. And I point this out only because there are too few people today who are willing to step up and lead. And that has left a leadership vacuum in the church, which has led to 30 plus years of leadership conferences, getting people to lead and pastors to lead well and all of that. But there's a leadership vacuum across our culture. Every time we come to a uh, an election cycle, I'm just like, is this the best we've got in our country? Where are the great leaders in our country who are willing to step up and lead? But we never have to worry about that with our good shepherd. He, he steps up and is willing to lead us. And if the truth were known, we need good leadership, the best of leadership uh, coming from uh, our good shepherd. According to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9 and verse 36, Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He saw that we were leaderless and he stepped up to lead. And I, for one, am grateful for that. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Ron Jones' message, God Leads Us Along. New to the Something Good radio program? If so, we'd like you to know that we archive all of Ron's messages at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, use the Partner tab at the top of the homepage to check out the 828 Club, a special group of people who partner with Ron to share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the media ministry of Something Good. Join the 828 Club from our website or call us at 757-276-1099. Again, 757-276-1099. There are more than two kinds of people in the world, but there are only two paths they can take. With the rest of today's Something Good radio message, God leads us along. Here once again is Dr. Ron Jones. Now, the phrase uh, paths of righteousness refers to choosing the right course and embracing the right moral standards, standards like uh, honesty and goodness and purity, of justice and uprightness. Uh, This phrase presupposes right and wrong. Let me say it this way. If there are paths of righteousness... (laughs) That must mean there are also paths of unrighteousness. Proverbs 16 and verse 25 even says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Uh, Just the, 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 the notion of paths of righteousness suggests that moral relativism is a lie. It's a lie of the devil. That devil who masquerades as a as a wolf in shepherd's clothing. And he has lied to us and said, no, there is no right and wrong. That's up to you to decide. If there are paths of righteousness, there are also paths of unrighteousness. Uh, The book of Ephesians would tell us that before we became the sheep of God's pasture, through faith alone in Jesus Christ, that we were following the course of this world and under the control of Satan, 
the devil, who again is that wolf in shepherd's clothing. He was leading us in paths of unrighteousness. But God put us on a new course, Paul writes to the Ephesians. And though we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and he made us alive together with Christ, who is our good shepherd, and who is committed to leading us in the right path. In his famous Sermon on the Mount, Jesus clearly stated that there are only two paths to follow in life. A narrow path that leads to life, and a broad path, a wide path, he says, that leads to destruction. The narrow path, he says, is hard, and few find it. Uh, Philip Keller was right. There, there, there are very few people who call themselves Christians who are willing to forsake all and follow the master and follow the good shepherd. But likewise, the wide path, Jesus said, is easy, and those who enter by it are many. And so following the large cultural crowd, you know, everybody's doing it kind of thing is not the way to find the paths of righteousness, the right paths that will carve out the right ruts in our lives. Jesus also said without apology or without hesitation, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. As simple as it sounds, following Jesus will put you on the right path. What kind of a follower are you? Are you a good follower of his? Now, you may be thinking, yeah, I'm not so sure that's the best thing for my life, to follow paths of righteousness, whatever those are. Well, that wasn't the case with King David. King David was fully convinced that the paths of righteousness uh, were the best and the wisest and most profitable for him. Uh, Psalm chapter 16 and verse 11, he said, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures evermore. And then Solomon, uh, wise Solomon, wrote in Proverbs 12 and verse 28, in the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. One more, Proverbs 4 and verse 18, but the path of righteousness, I love this, it's like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. There is nothing more profitable for us as the sheep of his good pasture to follow the leader as he leads us in all the right pathways. All the right pathways. Now, how does he do this? How does our good shepherd lead us in the paths of righteousness? And why does he do this? Let's uh, spend the rest of our time answering these two questions. Uh, first, the how question. And, and there, there are two ways to answer that of how he leads us in paths of righteousness. First, he leads us in paths of righteousness by his word, this book we call uh, the Bible. David again writes in Psalm 119 and verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then a little bit earlier in that same chapter, Psalm 119 and verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to thy word. By the way, Psalm 119 is the largest uh, chapter uh, in the Bible. It's 176 verses, 175 of which mention the word of God. And uh, in there, David says, oh, how I love thy law. And at that time, David only had, you know, the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and 
That's where I say, David was even saying, oh, how I love Leviticus. Remember that one? I love Leviticus. Yeah. But he found it as uh, uh, the roadmap to the road trip of life. In there he found the paths of righteousness. And um, it's important for us to, uh, to get into God's word. There's much to read and study and memorize and meditate upon God's word. It's always a worthwhile adventure. Through his word, listen to this, God renews our mind. He shapes our thinking. He provides direction for life's journey. He carves the right neurological ruts in our brain. And if you're not saturating your mind with the word of God, if you're not reading the roadmap every day, you're, you're, not, you're not feeding your mind with the right information. Uh, you don't know how to discern them between the paths of righteousness and the paths of unrighteousness. That still, small voice inside you is the Holy Spirit leading you towards the path of righteousness. Heed that voice. Follow that direction because it's the only path that leads to life. Today's message, God Leads Us Along, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, take a look at a discipleship coaching experience developed by Dr. Ron Jones called Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps. Look for Something Good Courses at the top of the homepage. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 8.28, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. When you partner with us here at Something Good, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, Exploring Its Amazing Secrets. To join the 828 Club today, look for the Partners tab at the top of the homepage at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757-276-1099. If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to the ministry, Ron would love to send you his brand new book, The Jesus Way to Pray, An Intimate Journey Through the Lord's Prayer. Order your copy for a donation of $25 or more. Share it with friends by requesting a two-pack for $50, a four-pack for $75, or an eight-pack for a donation of $150 or more. That's the Jesus way to pray. 
That's the Jesus Way to Pray, an intimate journey through the Lord's Prayer. The best way to make God's name great is to love and follow Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when we do, God will lead us along and never leave us stuck in a rut, not a bad rut. He'll carve new pathways for us that are paths of righteousness. Trust him to do that. Trust him enough to follow his lead and distrust at some level your own leadership. That's next time when Ron shares part two of his message, God Leads Us Along. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.